If you enjoy audio drama and fiction podcasts, sign up for the Fiction Podcast Weekly. It's an email newsletter with the latest news, events, creative opportunities, job listings, behind-the-scenes production resources, podcast milestones, debuts, and finales. Plus, it's free. Sign up now at thepodcasthost.com slash fictionpodcastweekly. Ah, what an absolutely beautiful day. Oh, I don't want to be inside making a podcast, Lindsay. Oh, me neither. That's why we're going on a field trip. Oh, hooray! <laughs> okay, uh, what are we going to do? I've got a theory about audio drama, but I don't know how to explain it. Oh, okay, well, are we going to walk and talk and drink wine and eat chocolate in the rain again? Mm-hmm. No, this oh. time I'm taking you to experience some art by one of the most provocative and controversial artists of early 20th century France. <gasps> really? Who? <laughs> Marcel Duchamp. <gasps> Marcel Duchamp? <laughs> He was one of those early renegade art world rebels, wasn't he? <laughs> Very much so. Ah, oh, who's the dada? How exciting. Oh, Lindsay, we're going to a Parisian art gallery. Maybe afterwards we can walk by La Seine, see the Eiffel Tower off in the distance and stop in a petit cafe, order some wine, have some oof, delicious chocolate and dismiss the rare and provocative works of art which can only be experienced in Philadelphia. Oh. The Philadelphia Museum of Art has the world's best collection of work by Marcel Duchamp. Are you still excited? Uh, what's that smell? It's, um... <gasps> Is that the rocky statue? <laughs> oh, Sarah, please don't embarrass me. Lindsay, take my picture. <laughs> hey, Lenny, there's a friggin' line. Queue as hard as life, but it ain't about how high you queue. It's about how high you can get queuing and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how queuing is done. Okay, so here we are in the Duchamp exhibition. Yes. Go back and look at those Rodin sculptures some more. I mean, they were terribly poignant. Ease off the accelerator there, Catherine the Great. There's nudes here, too. <gasps> oh, I do love a diligently chiseled bum. <laughs> Where's the nudies at? Hmm? Right here. <gasps> we have nude descending a staircase. When this painting was first exhibited in 1912, it blew everybody's minds. Uh, that's... A nude. Yes, it is. Descending a staircase. Bingo. <laughs> How? Well, look at it. Uh, it looks like a, a bunch of bamboo hand fans stripped of their fabric and engaged in an epic battle with a cord of firewood. I mean, <laughs> okay. Possibly, possibly falling down a flight of stairs, maybe. Mm. Okay, so tell me exactly what you see. Uh, um, uh, lots, lots of planes and angles and uh, these odd geometric shapes falling from the upper left-hand corner of the canvas to the lower right corner. Uh, is it cubist? I would think so. Uh, 
I think so too. It's hip to be square or cubed or it was. I think when a lot of people think of cubism, they think of this painting. Except at the time, cubist artists rejected this work for being too futurist. Well, that sounds rather elitist, doesn't it? I mean, you know, you've got all these lines and angles and geometric shapes combined with a monochromatic colour palette. I mean, it's like slices of different perspectives all lined up against each other. Oh, I can see it's bum now. (laughs) I told you it was a nude. It's all about perception, huh? Oh, is that what this episode is trying to... um, to... So much to think about, huh? And, um, what's this here? It's a fountain. Oh, it is, isn't it? That's what the card says. (sighs) Really makes you think, doesn't it? Apparently, Duchamp said that he wanted to abandon what he called retinal art, intended only to please the eye, and make art for the mind. Mm, Yeah, the symmetry of the the gently flowing arched shape and the the pure whiteness of the porcelain. It reminds me of um, a Madonna figure or a a Buddha, perhaps? Me too. Mm. And it's perfectly made for water to flow through. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, I suppose taking a urinal, turning it on its side and putting it on a pedestal and calling it quote-unquote art was controversial as well. It's a fountain. Is it? Um, Says so right there on the card. Mm, This is all very interesting, Lindsay, but but what does a visual artist have to do with audio drama? Mm. I'm still trying to think my way through it. Oh, all right. That, uh, listen, I'm just going to pop off to the ladies' room for a moment. Uh, you keep figuring, and then maybe we can think our way through this topic over some Chateau de Chasselet in a nice little pub somewhere. Hmm? Uh, Sarah, that's not the... Right around this, um, this corner, is it? <laughs> okay, back in the uh, deck. Do I tell her? Or should I let her find out for herself? Oh, it's just one one door then. Is this a, a unisex restroom? I mean, I don't want to spoil it for her, but it's kind of, um... Oh, people. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I guess I should have told you it's, uh, Duchamp's final work of art. <laughs> uh, that certainly was, um... Intriguing. I guess you saw Etant Donnet? Um, I definitely saw everything. Such beautiful skin. Lindsay, Lindsay, shush, come on. I'm tired and I, I really think this whole audio drama discussion process is best served with a drink and a snack and sitting down and just... This won't take a minute. Well, okay, it might take a minute, but it, it's not going to take long. At the very least. I mean, you, you seem to be, I don't know, overthinking this whole audio drama thing. Right. But I'm trying to figure out exactly what it is that audio drama does really well mm-hmm. that other art forms can't do and how to do it. Okay, but what have Marcel Duchamp and an MRI machine got to do with any of this? Hmm? I'll show you. Give me one second. I just have to change my clothes. <sighs> Let's make a simple podcast, she said. A really simple podcast. It'll be fun, she said. <laughs> Sarah. <gasps>
Who is it? You don't have to be in this podcast anymore, Sarah. What? Uh, who, who are you? What do you want? Why are you wasting your time in this pompous exploration of what audio drama should be? When you can be in a podcast, that's all that audio drama can be. Oh, well, I, why not both? I mean, you know, it's... Um... There's only so many hours in the day, Sarah. You know that better than anyone. Never enough time. Oh, don't be ridiculous. I mean, Lindsay's my friend. I, I am very much enjoying myself. And oh, besides, we're learning something. We're making some discoveries together. It's... Yeah, she's your friend. Mm-hmm. And that's nice and all. Yeah. But you're a voice actress, Sarah. And your skills are too good to spend hours every week on. Oh, that's very nice of you to say. But we, we'll both be better artists after we figure this out. Okay? Do you trust her to figure this out? If she were such a genius, where's her Audioverse award? Oh, but... Where's her 500,000 downloads? Wouldn't it podcasting isn't about the... I'll tell you what podcasting's about, Sarah. Uh-huh. It's about holding the audience's attention. Mm. Phones are a hook. Podcasts are the bait. And if your bait isn't interesting enough, your audience can just slide on past that podcast into something else. Mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter... Candy Crush. Or like right over there, for example. Dr. Fiona Hill. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I trust you weren't followed? (gasps) Dr. Fiona Hill? (gasps) Former senior director for Europe and Russia of the National Security Council. I would love to play her. And a key witness in the 2019 impeachment trial No, 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 don't say it. It's too good. (laughs) The zeitgeist has a short memory. An audio drama podcast with Dr. Hill as a main character would have been hot a year ago. The topic is rapidly cooling. Hey, Sarah, did you see that book I left out for you? Think it over, but don't take too long. (laughs) Why do I smell funnel cake? Oh, uh, it's new perfume. Oh, the midway. (laughs) Uh, What were you saying? Sorry. Okay, I'm going to get into this MRI machine uh-huh. and take some images of my brain while you read me that book. <gasps> you crazy. What do you do? Yes, and you're a very talented voice actress. Uh-huh. I want you to read me that book while I take pictures of my brain. See, there's a microphone right there. I'm putting on my headphones. But, but Lindsay, look, giving yourself an MRI is not exactly the, the safest thing in the world. I can't hear you. Gotta turn the mic on. Okay. 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 <clears throat> a poem. Richard mocked. I knew him not. Perception warped my new crew mindful. When we look with our ear, visions mud become clear. We can perceive a Buddha divine from a rhyme. I wondered with an O, lonely as an audio drama producer in the soundscape of a crowded market heart, just created from sounds in smells and no bounds from a manipulated Indian curry-based fart. Cool. Don't give up the day job. This this is my... Okay, now, look at the screen. Okay, what kind of MRI laboratory is this, Lizzie? Oh, it's the same kind they use on all the medical shows. Fast results, no waiting. See, it's a picture of the inside of my brain. (gasps) Oh, 
it explains why there's all those twists and curves and labyrinthine. But look, see how these parts are all lit up? Mm. Yeah, well, what part of the brain is that? That's just it. It's not any one part. Mm. Semantic coding covers many different parts of the brain. The human brain evolved to rely on visual ability for most stuff. Mm -hmm. But semantic ability, the part of the brain that attaches meaning to words and sounds, that's where the brain has to work a lot harder. Wait, is this really true? Well, according to an episode of the Freakonomics podcast... Uh, nonfiction. I know, I know, but stay with me. Okay. This cognitive neuroscientist at UC Berkeley, Jack Gallant... Cool name. We should introduce him to Buzz McLaughlin and beyond. We probably should. Yeah. Anyway, Gallant did a research project with his co-authors Alexander Huth, Wendy DeHere, Thomas Griffiths, and Frederick Unison. Wow. It's called Natural Speech Reveals the Semantic Maps That Tile Human Cerebral Cortex. Ooh. And, uh, and they put people in an MRI and, and read to them, did they? Or? Close. They had them listen to the Moth Radio Hour. Oh. Your brain is working really hard every time it hears a story. Mm. It has to find context to decode every sound, every word, and align that context with what it knows about what it's heard so far in the story. Oh, so audio drama podcasts are a workout for your brain. Exactly. Oh, yeah, it does sound a little bit like we're trying to sound like an episode of Radio Lab, though. Can we get back to the audio drama writer's toolkit, please? But isn't this cool? Data! Hard <laughs> science proving that audio drama is genuinely good for you, actually chiseling benefits right into your brain, Ooh. making you smarter when it's done right. That's cool, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit mathsy, but I mean, you're probably feeling cool because you're wearing a hospital gown and the, the back's open. I should change. Oh, Lindsay, don't ever change. But, um, but do put some clothes on, please, so we can get out of here. I really want to know where I left my underwear. Oh, good Lord. Sarah. <gasps> oh, Oh, dear. It's you again. Comely yet creepy guy. Hi. Please, join us on the Carnival Midway. The carousel won't spin without Dr. Hill. Um, Lindsay? Oh, right. I was hoping for a Parisian cafe and wine, but... You have definitely rescued the day. <laughs> oh, how I do love a firm pint in my hands. And uh, this is where exactly? Fergie's Pub. <gasps> the only place I know where you can get vegetarian chili, heavy on the mushrooms, with brie and cornbread. Oh, nice. And, yeah, this Guinness isn't how bad either. <laughs> Feeling better? Uh, somewhat, but I I'm still, got to be honest, a little confused. So am I. Let's figure it out together. I mean, I get what you're trying to tell me with the MRI lab, but the, the Duchamp exhibit? I'm reading a book called Sight Unseen by Elisa Goralnik. Mm -hmm. It's a book about what classic radio drama can do that other art forms can't. It is academic. Ouch. Oh, dear. There's a few uh, texts I'd like to read uh, by other academics like Leslie McMurtry and Lance Dan about audio fiction. Oh, I'd love to read those, too. But this is... I had to work with what I have. Of course. Uh, I should love this book, but right now it is a slog. Mostly because she talks about radio plays that I can't hear. 
radio plays commissioned for the BBC when the big bad boys of neo-absurdist playwriting like Beckett, uh-huh. Pinter, uh-huh. Coppett, uh-huh. St- Stoppard, 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 Stoppard. I say Stoppard, you say Stoppard, Stop and so on. <laughs> I mean, if you can call Stoppard a neo-absurdist, I mean, I, I can think of a few other names to call him, to be honest. Exactly. <laughs> Back when these guys were all writing radio drama for the beat, or in Copet's case, for earplay on national public radio. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, a lot of those plays were hits on the radio, became hits on the stage, mm-hmm. and now the published texts of the plays are the stage adaptation, not the original script for audio. Uh-huh. And, and when was Sight Unseen written? That's the thing, 1995. Oh. And she's writing about radio plays of the 60s and 70s. But I'm pretty sure this woman's still alive and kicking. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know what her thoughts are about the current stage of audio drama podcast. Yes, yeah, so maybe maybe we'll get lucky and she'll hear this. Yeah? That would be cool. Yeah, maybe she'll write to us at writersadwit at gmail.com. I would find that absolutely spectacular. Indeed. But can you get to the point? Drink your juice, Shelby. Stoppard's radio play, An Artist Descending a Staircase. Have you ever heard of it? Have you heard it? Nope. Okay, me neither, but I've read it. Gralnick points out how Stoppard's wordplay doesn't confuse the audience as much as it shows there are many ways to hear the same thing. And by hearing the same thing different ways, we understand it differently. Like, for example, a fly buzzing could also be snoring. A smack could be a hand slapping a surface or slapping a person's face. Mm, Ellie Maitner might disagree with you. Ellie might, and she might not. Mm, bloody love her work, though. Did you know that she wrote the most horror horror I've ever been involved in producing? It's called Fidget. It's truly mm. gross. It's great stuff, Ellie. But, sorry, back to the, the staircase descending thing. Oh, I just thought, is Young Sex Arising the sequel to... Uh, no, no, Sarah. Oh. So you have three men, all of them artists all of whom love the same woman. Mm-hmm. One crafts Dadaist, Dadaist sculptures that he feels show her beauty. He sculpts the Venus de Milo out of sugar, for example. One of them paints realistic portraits of her in imaginary settings. Mm-hmm. And the third one makes audio collages for her to listen to because she's blind. She loves all three of them, believing they were handsome, because she met them before she lost her sight, but memory has scrambled up the scorecard for her, so she doesn't really know who's who, and really they're all one as far as she's concerned. So what happened to her? What happened to to them? Spoilers. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, I don't have a recording to share with you. There's a new book, yeah, there's a new book of Stoppard's radio plays coming out this spring. I kind of suspect the publisher may come out with an audio edition. Oh, that'd be super. Like Duchamp, though. Stoppard plays with meaning and words, sound effect and context. If you hear two men talking heatedly, followed by a hard smack, for a brief moment, you don't know if it came to blows or if the man smacked a fly. Oh. So your your brain just scrambles to, to decode it, doesn't it? Mm. Right. Similarly, Duchamp buys a urinal from a plumbing company, turns it on its side, puts it on a pedestal, signs it with a false name, and calls it art. Um, yeah, it did have a, a lovely curved shape, but I can see her brain scramble to attach meaning to it. So, mm. I, I guess what we need to experiment with to make audio drama meaningful is to uh, mess with the lexicon. Mm, what do you mean? Like all the way at the beginning, when we talked about Can You Help Me Find My Mom? Oh, yes, love that. Love it. It's mm. not about a daughter looking for her literal mother. It's about a lost woman looking for... The meaning of mom. Oh, 
what we hope what mom means, what we want mom to mean. And yeah, gradually over the course of the story, we learn what mom means in that context. Yes. Right. Another one that does this really well. Does does what? Does does whatever it is I'm trying to explain. Another podcast that uses audio to create patterns that stimulate our own sense of semantics and meaning. James T. Green has a really interesting storytelling podcast called U Plus 1F60C. Oh, catchy. Yes. (laughs) U Plus 1F60C. I would say that each episode is a sound collage. There's some dialogue, there's some music, there's some sound effects, but as a whole, it's a story, even if it's not a story like we're used to. Okay, so you still come away with a, a sense of, of meaning. Yes, mm. and a very it's it's a powerful emotional experience, mm. even if it doesn't have a literal narrative like we're used to. <laughs> the latest one, PMHX, is about it's about a lot. It's mainly it's about the melding of technology and the self and how black bodies have been seen as a tech asset for centuries. Mm, That sounds very, very powerful. Mm. It is. But how do we implement something like that from scratch? Oh, the same way you get to Carnegie Hall. (laughs) I know, right? What's the recipe for just enough mystery that the audience brings their own context and can enjoy the decoding process without getting bored? Mm. And our brain creates new pathways all over the place. Ladies, can I get you anything? Can I get another screwdriver? Absolutely. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Could I have a flathead, please? All we have is Phillips. That's okay. I'll take it then. Cheers. And for you, can I get you anything, Sarah? Uh, I'm sorry? Representative Jordan would like to know if Dr. Hill would like to go for a ride on the roller coaster. Uh, Not today. What was that? Uh, it's an underdeveloped idea. It'll come back. You lucky folks have been listening to the Audio Drama Writer's Independent Toolkit, hosted by Sarah Golding and Lindsay harris Friel. Audio engineering, sound design and music. Gorgeous music by Vincent Friel. Huzzahs! If you enjoyed what you heard, oh, please do write us a review on Podchaser or on Apple Podcasts or any podcatcher, quite frankly. We'd love to hear what you think. Or you can tweet about us if you like. Yes, our Twitter handle is at AdwitPodcast. And please do keep in touch. We'd love to know how you're getting on with all the exercises and more. Or if you just want to say hello, do that too. You can write to us at writersadwit at gmail.com. And for more information about what we're doing and what we're up to and how, visit our website at adwit.org thank you very much for listening people i hope you have a good day take care bye adwit is created and recorded on the unceded land of the lenny lenape nation to learn more about the lenape their history and their culture please visit their website at lenapenation.org Sixty-six thirty productions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.